All right, good morning. Now I'm going to tell you right off the bat, it's been years since I had two Sundays in a row off. You better hold on to the edge of your seat. And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to cover a lot of material today, and I'm going to do the best I can to not get off too much because there's just so much to cover. But I have one more thing that I want to say before we get started. I'd like for you all to hear this, please. When you bring a group of people together, it is sometimes difficult to get every single person to agree. If I say something today that you do not agree with, I still love you. We just don't agree. Amen? I'm going to start today, and I'm just going to go straight to it, and I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to start with something very personal to me. I want to show you something. My sermon today is going to be on equality, but I want to show you something. I want to show you a picture, and I want to tell you a little story. Now, Sis isn't here today because she's at Evansville. This is a picture of my daughter, and I want to tell you a little story about this picture. This picture right here was taken, and it, it's kind of funny in a way, but it was taken at her preschool graduation ceremony, which is kind of funny because we have graduation ceremonies for everything today. But this picture was taken at her preschool graduation ceremony. Now, if you notice, I'm in the picture. And you notice, I'm sitting down below her, and you can see that I've got this little item in my hand. Well, I want to tell you, here's what happened. And Jamie and I were talking about this the other day, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know exactly how they knew. But they found out, her preschool teachers found out, that I was teaching her some memory verses that I had purposely chosen because I got a very simple philosophy. My philosophy is, is that your foundation is what's going to get you through when stuff gets tough in life. Amen? Amen. So somehow they found out. And here's what they asked us if we would do. They said, they, and I don't know if they, if they ran it, I don't even remember, I don't remember the whole story, but here's what I know they asked us to do. They asked us if we would go up front during the ceremony and if Kristen would share her memory verses. So here's how it worked. So she came up, and she was standing up front, and I sat down right here, and here's what I did. I said, okay, Tristan, Philippians 4, verse 13, I, now that's all I said. I gave her the passage and the first word, and she said to the crowd, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, okay, good job. I said, now, Colossians 3, 27, whatever, and she said, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. How many of you knew those passages? How many of you think those passages could be pretty important in getting you through life? Ah, come on. Do you think that could be important in getting you through life? All right, well, here you go. I want to share another picture with you. So, and, and stick with me here. So she did it, and you know, I know you're going to say, if you're not careful, you don't know me, so you're going to sit there right now, and you're going to say, oh, he just wants to brag on his kid. Well, heck yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to give God the glory, and I want to give the Holy Spirit the glory for the daughter that I have. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. Hey, you see this watch? One of these days, I'll tell you what it says on the back, but right now I think I'd cry. 
and it is a gift from my daughter. And one of these days, it's made of wood, and it's inscribed on the back. I'll tell you what it says one of these days. Somewhere along the way, this little girl turned into a young lady. And when she turned into a young lady, she turned into a young lady, not that young lady, she turned into a young lady that set a school record in volleyball blocks, that was a sectional champion, that was an academic honor student and who has made the dean's list uh, every semester since she's been in college. Hold your ears, please. I got sent to the dean once. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't hear that. And I'm telling you, the girl can even shoot a mean boss gobbler. And the really the thing that really shocked me, so here I raised this girl who was into all this sporting stuff. And a couple years ago, she says, I want to try to be the Lawrence County, Lawrence County Fair Queen. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And she won. I'm going to tell you something. You need to listen to me very closely. I was coming into church today. I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but Lily was walking in in front of me. And as Lily was walking in in front of me, I was like, man, girl, you got some serious heels going today. <laughs> She's like 17 inches taller today than she was yesterday. <laughs> very beautiful, and no doubt in my mind, very talented. Amen? I'm going to tell you what you have, brothers and sisters, and you need to listen to me. You have a golden opportunity you have a golden opportunity to allow women, and especially young women, to develop their spiritual gifts in a place where they are accepted, in a place where they are safe, in a place where they are loved, in a place where everybody here should be celebrating that. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. These young ladies are going to go on and they're going to be leaders in their community. They're going to be leaders in their, in their families. They're going to be leaders in their church. They're going to be leaders in their community, on their sporting teams. And we have the opportunity to allow them to foster and grow in a very safe place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for letting us be here today. I thank you for every single person in this room. And Heavenly Father, I am confident that I may say something today that someone may disagree with. I still love them, and I hope they still love me, and I hope that we can still communicate and be friends. And, and Heavenly Father, that we can sit down and look at the Scriptures, and iron sharpens iron. But today, Heavenly Father, I would hope that you would help us to understand and come to the realization that the gift of the Holy Spirit is universal for those who accept. And for those of us who have accepted and been baptized, God, you have filled us with the self-same Spirit. And you have told us that you would give us gifts. And you have told us that you would not leave us alone. And you have told us that we can help one another. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we approach this topic with an open mind. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will look at what the Bible has to say, and that sometimes, Heavenly Father, we kind of just have to say, you know, maybe this isn't the way we always did things, but maybe there's a better way to do things. 
And Heavenly Father, I pray that we will love each other and that we'll be of one mind and of one spirit. And all God's people said? All right, I want to show you right now, I want to start with a verse. And I'm actually going to throw several verses at you. So, and I put them on the screen so you wouldn't have to flip through your Bible. Let's look at this first one, everybody together if you would. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. But if you go back to the way this passage started, and you can see it up there on the screen, the first two verses of this passage, the first verse said, "Who You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? In other words, here's what the Apostle Paul was saying to them. He was saying, who you been listening to, people? Who you been listening to? And then he says in verse 2, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Listen, if you'll go and you'll read this book and you'll read this passage, here's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out that the Apostle Paul was asking him, Did you receive your salvation by your works or did you receive your salvation by your faith? And here's what I'm going to tell you. I am going to tell you that everyone in this room who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, everyone in this room who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and went down into the watery grave of baptism has received the same Spirit. Is it different between a man and a woman? No, I mean, I'm being serious. Is it different between a man and a woman, brothers and sisters? So a man somehow has more faith than a woman? I'm going to tell you right now, and I will go on record as telling you right now, if I found out today that I had stage 4 cancer, like a couple of people that were mentioned in Sunday school class today, I am going to tell you that there would be some men that I would ask to pray for me, but some of the first people that I would also be calling would be some very devout women that I know and I have had a privilege of having in my life. Guaranteed. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Look at this picture, if you would. I think this picture, I don't know, I've always liked this picture. I've always thought that it really spoke to visually to this idea that we're talking about. And it says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Every single person in this room is a part of the body of Christ. And we all have different gifts. Some people have the gift of communication. Some people have the gift of administration. Some people have the gift of, of encouragement. Some people have the gift of faith. Some people have the gift of wisdom. There are all of these gifts, and they are not strictly relegated to men. Look at this passage. 
For just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, I want to point out something. And you're smart, intelligent people. Listen, and I probably haven't said, I, 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 w- I would hope to think that I haven't said a thing so far that anybody disagrees with. Well, I mean, that may be coming here in a minute. But I would imagine that at this point, you're all in agreement. Mark teases, I think he teases because the teacher in me wants a show of hands, or I tell you what I do in class a lot of times, I say, hey, if you understand what I just said, give me a thumbs up. Yeah? Yeah? Hey, if you people are with me so far, give me a thumbs up. All right, now, now, hey, here's my question to you, and I'm going to make this quick because I don't want to get off. But when a woman believes, when she is pricked in her heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and she comes forth, and she gives the good confession of faith, When people say, whether they are a man or a woman, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, and then they go down into the watery grave of baptism, when they come up, do they all get the same spirit, or somehow are we getting some kind of different spirit according to our gender? And the reality of it is the Bible doesn't even begin to support that. The Bible says we get one spirit. We are one body. We are one in Christ. Now, we can argue about whether or not men and women have different roles in the family. We can argue about, are there some differences in our gender? Are there some things one gender is more skilled at than another? We can argue all that if we want to till the cows come home. But the reality is we all get the same spirit. The reality is we were all baptized by one spirit into one spirit, into one body. When Jean speaks, she speaks by the Spirit of God. Amen? Daniel did a pretty good job with this, so I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. I'm actually going to go over this fairly quickly, but I want to show you two quick passages. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, let's just look at the passages and see what they say. But here's the passage from Joel 2, and I just put it on the screen for you. It says, and afterward, now remember, this is prophecy. This is prophecy. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, and what does it say right here? Both men and what? Both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. All right, now, you might want to pay attention to this because I think it's very, very important. The next passage that I am going to show you will be a passage from Acts chapter 2. It will be a passage that Peter spoke And he spoke that passage on the day of Pentecost when he preached what we consider in the Church of Christ to be a very important sermon. And what did he do within that sermon? I'll tell you what he did. He quoted Joel. 
Look at what he says. In the last days, this is Peter, this is not Joel, this is Peter. When he stood up. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. May I tell you that Jesus Christ has ascended. Therefore, we are in the last days. Here's what I believe, and this is Tim Day speaking to you. I believe there's no differentiation of the Spirit according to gender. I believe that when you accept Jesus Christ, I believe that you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you receive the Comforter. I believe you receive the promised Holy Spirit as according to Jesus Christ. And when you receive that promised Holy Spirit, you receive the same Holy Spirit regardless of whether you are a man or regardless of whether you are a woman, you are receiving the Spirit of Christ. And when you receive that Spirit, you become part of one body. How many of you recognize this song? I took this picture in my office um, when I was putting the sermon together. Do you remember the song? Come on, you sing the song. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Amen? All right, well, when you sing that song, what is the tie that binds? The tie that binds, and, and, and I'm going to say a couple things today, and I, I already I thought about this. You may shoot the messenger. I don't know. So maybe some people waiting on me out in the parking lot after this is over. I don't know. But here you go. It is not. It is not the sign over the door. It is not the sign out there. It's not the marquee. This is the Mitchell Church of Christ. But being in the Mitchell Church of Christ is not the tie that is binding you together. The tie that is binding you together is the promised Holy Spirit. That's the tie that is binding you together. That is the tie that is blessed. Look at this passage right here. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working... But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. All right, here we go. How many of you have heard the expression, let's get down to brass tacks? How many of you heard that? I looked it up. All my life, we have all these southern Indiana little slang sayings, and all my life I've heard, let's get down to brass tacks. You know what I know the truth? I have no idea what that means. When I, you know what I mean? I know what it means, and you know what it means too. You know I'm getting ready to get pretty blunt, yeah? All right, but what does it mean to get down to brass tacks? 
Well, I looked it up, and it, maybe it has something to do with fine upholstery. I don't know. They gave all these different meanings, but here it is. Here it is. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I feel like, I feel like that, we, that we've done a good job. I feel like we've done a really good job. I really do, and I feel like the two gentlemen that spoke before me did a tremendous job. But I feel like for myself personally, I'm ready to get down to some brass tacks, okay? And what I mean by that is, is I'm really ready to start looking at some serious questions that I know some people are going to have. So here it is. So here it is. So, so I've got this picture of this young man, and he's, he's pondering, and he's in a quandary, and here's what he's saying. And he's saying, I agree that we all have the same spirit, because I notice nobody looks like they're disagreeing with me yet. Um, and that we have gifts. So, Brother Day, Brother Day, I agree with you so far. I agree that we have the same spirit and we all have gifts. What I really want to know, is it okay for women to do stuff in corporate worship? That's what I want to know. I want to know, I want to know what we're talking about here. And, and I'll tell you why I'm asking you this question, Brother Day. I'm asking you this question because Paul says, and you need to look at it. I mean, you really do. you got to look at, listen... Here it is. If all you do is look at the Scripture to prove your point, then I'm not sure that's really a fair... I'm not sure you're really looking fairly at Scripture. If you're going to look at Scripture, I think you have to look at the Scripture that both ways. And so Paul says, here's what he says. He says, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. The Apostle Paul says this, and he says this in a letter to the Corinthians, the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 14. Women should remain silent in the churches. You go to the bottom, I've got it highlighted, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Okay, now here you go. So here's what I'm going to say. There's a couple things I want to point out. And I'll tell you what I think. I'm not going to shy away from that today. The first thing that I'm going to show you is the very same man, three verses later, says this. The very same man, three verses later, says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. By the way, did you notice that I highlighted the speaking in tongues in red? Because as of yet, we've not done that in the little over a year that I've been here. The Apostle Paul did not forbid speaking in tongues. In fact, if you go on to read, the Apostle Paul actually says, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So three verses after he tells women they can't speak. Now, come on, you guys stick with me here today. Wrap your mind around this. Three verses after he tells women they can't speak, he says, brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Listen to this. The Hebrew term for prophet. The Hebrew term for prophet is navi. It literally means a spokesperson of God. You got to be quiet, but three verses later, you can be a spokesperson for God. Now, either something else is in the waters here, or the Apostle Paul is one contradictory man. Wait a second. I want to point something else out. Look at this. Eight verses prior, same writing. Same writing. Eight verses prior. What then shall we say, brothers and... What's that say, guys? 
What shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn. Uh, hey, 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 that is a song. You think it's possible for a woman to sing a solo or a woman to sing a song? Apostle Paul says when you come together, each one of you has a hymn. I'm telling you right now, there's some women in here that are beautiful singers. Each one of you has a word of instruction or a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Hey, when Lester came up here today, I recall Lester saying, and this is what struck me from that passage. Do you recall Lester saying that? Where I come from, in educational realm, that's called an interpretation. But notice what he says down here at the bottom. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Now, Greg said something in his sermon, and we're not going to get bogged down on this one. I just want you to look at it again real quickly. I just want you to look at it again real quickly, and I just want you to consider something. So look at that passage, if you would, and we're just going to glance at it. That's all we're going to do. But look at what Peter says. Peter says in 2 Peter 3, he's talking about Paul, and he says he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Now listen, I'm not telling you you're stupid, and I'm not telling you you're ignorant. Here's what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is Peter walked with Jesus, and even Peter sometimes found Paul's letters hard to understand. Paul, even in the same letter, has already encouraged women, and then some people say he has discouraged women, and then he encourages them again. Or is that the case? I want to show you something. I really want you to see this, and as far as I'm concerned, this is a really big deal. Now, you may say, you may say it's not a big deal, but I'm going to say it's a big deal. Look at this slide with me, if you would. There was a rabbi that lived at that time. His name was El El Eleazar. So if you would, look at, this, look at this with me. This rabbi was a very famous rabbi who lived during the last period of the Second Temple. Okay, my friends, he was very influential. Very influential. Listen to what he says about women. Listen to what he says about women. Here's what he says. Whoever teaches his daughter Torah teaches her tiflat. That is the Hebrew word for nonsense or lewdness. Now listen to me and listen very closely, please, because i got a couple of things to say that I think shed a little light on this passage. And then you can consider it because iron sharpens iron, because you might not agree with me, but you might just as find that you agree with me. You need to understand the culture of the time. And you can say what you want to about culture, but you have to understand the culture of the time. Listen, ladies, young ladies, you were not encouraged to read the Torah. At that time, you were not encouraged to read the Torah. Not only were you not encouraged to read the Torah, but it was believed that it should just be teach to, taught to the sons. And they based that on a passage in Deuteronomy. So at that time, men believed, men, household leaders, believed that they should teach their sons the Torah, but they were not obligated to teach their daughters. And not only were they not obligated to teach their daughters... Read that statement again. 
Whoever teaches his daughter Torah teaches her tiflet. Now listen to me and listen very closely because I'm going to give you an analogy, but I'm not going to do it because as soon as I do it, it would be taken out of context. If I said right now that a... Now think about this. If I said, Tim Day, right now from the pulpit, if I said a particular, a particular congregation... If I said they are dumb, now listen to me, if I said you fill in the blank, okay, and I'm not going to do this, but you understand what I'm saying, I'm saying like what if I said something, I got to be careful here, but what if I said something about the Baptists, or what if I said something about, listen, I got a knock on the door yesterday, I opened the door, and as soon as I opened the door, as soon as I opened the door, I knew they were Jehovah Witness. And I walked out, and I said, gentlemen, how you doing? I shook their hands. Turned out they knew Greg. They were afraid of him. <laughs> this is the truth. They didn't care about me being, hey, when I said, hey, I'm the minister of the Mystery of Truth of Christ, they didn't care about that. They were just worried that I was related to him. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, here's what I said to him. I said, gentlemen, I said, I want you to know something. I appreciate the fact that you were willing to get out and show your faith. I appreciate that about you. We're probably not going to agree on everything. And if we had more time, fortunately, I'd already started the vehicle with the automatic start, so they knew we were getting ready to leave, yeah? And I said, if we had more time, we'd stand around and convert one another. But I don't have that kind of time right now, but I do want you to know that I appreciate you. Okay, can you imagine if right now, if I said something bad about them, or if I said something bad, you, you fill in the blank. It really doesn't matter at some point what the context of the conversation is. If somebody plucks that out, if somebody plucks that out, and then here's what they say. Can you believe what the Mitchell Church of Christ minister said? It doesn't even really matter what context I'm using the statement in. It's already been plucked out of context. Here's what I'm telling you. you there are people that argue about what he meant. I don't really care what he meant because this is what he said. Now, there are going to be people that are going to think it is foolishness to teach your daughters Torah. My friends, ladies, you might find this interesting. I read the other day where you'd have been better off to have been born in the Old Covenant than in the New Covenant because you actually had more, you actually had more freedoms and such in the Old Covenant than you did in, the, and I'm talking about in Jesus' day. You actually were in a little bit better place in the Old Covenant than you were during the time of Jesus. Jesus was setting things right. Jesus was fixing things. Jesus was looking at all people equally, and you were not a second-class citizen. You know what? Try this on for size. Try this on for size, and then you can agree with me or disagree with me. Did we learn anything from hermeneutics? No. Have we learned anything from hermeneutics? Because hermeneutics says, look for the main point. I'm going to say something, and here's where you might want to shoot the messenger again. You want to know the truth? Hey, ladies, gentlemen, do you want to know the truth? 
The truth is, at that point, women needed to be quiet. They needed to be quiet. Unfortunately, at that point, they didn't really have a whole lot to offer other than confusion. Listen, here it is. I may not be the best preacher that ever lived, but I don't think you're going to do this. I don't think you're going to do this, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to do this. I don't think you're going to walk out on the street right now and find the first person that you can see and bring him in here and say, why don't you give today's sermon? I don't care if they're a man. I don't care if they're a woman. I don't care what ethnicity they are. If they have no knowledge of the scriptures, they have no business giving a sermon. Agreed? Maybe it's within the realm of possibility. Just try this on for size. Maybe it's within the realm of possibility that the Apostle Paul is trying to help these churches get off on the right foot, and he knows that helping them get off on the right foot, it is not going to help them get off on the right foot if they have people saying that which they do not understand. We aren't there anymore. Let me tell you where we're at now. I'll tell you where we're at now. I teach Wednesday night. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I gave a personal interpretation of a scripture, right? Linda says, Tim, that's not the way I read it. And I said, well, how do you read it? And Linda says, this is how I read it. And as soon as Linda said, this is how I read it, Tim said, you're right, I'm wrong. Let me tell you where else we're at. A couple of Wednesdays later, Tim makes the statement. He says, okay, now I want you to go to Psalms and Proverbs. They were both written by David. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized I'd said an incorrect thing. And I hear Neva lean over to Wayne. And I hear Neva say, that's not right. <laughs> and I'm like, Neva, you're right, and I'm wrong. There is so much knowledge in this room possessed by females. It's unbelievable. All right, maybe you buy it, maybe you don't. Okay, Tim. So these startup churches probably had specific problems, but I still want to know about corporate worship because Paul says, now look at this one. What does Paul say? Paul says, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. Okay, well, here you go. First of all, I want to know whether or not you would even consider what I told you earlier. I just don't think it's prudent for people to speak if they don't know anything about the topic. But if they know something about the topic, then it probably becomes a whole lot more prudent for them to speak. But let's forget about that for just a minute, and let's go to the study materials that were provided for all of us. If you go to the study materials that were provided for all of us, I'm going to come back to that maybe in a minute. The, the study materials talked about this idea of authority. So i tell you what, here it is. Here it is. So Greg came in my office the other day, and 
I said, hey, let me take your picture. And he probably didn't realize why I was taking his picture. But I was taking his picture because this comes straight out of the study materials that were used on Sunday morning. I just want you to read it with me. You know why? Because I don't think I can say it any better. So as a true educator, I beg, borrow, and steal. And for all you educators that are in here, you know exactly what I'm saying. Look at this passage right here. And it, or not passage, but, but reading. It says, does someone who is up front leading communion, reading, praying, etc., have authority over those in the congregation? In other words, if Tom was up front leading the communion meditation, does anyone feel that he is superior to you or that he has any authority over you? No. Just participating in worship does not give us authority over anyone. If the elders allow someone to participate, then whoever it is cannot be accused of usurping authority. In fact, and you made this one in kind of a tongue twister, it is not only not a position of authority, it is actually an act of service. Service to God and every single person in attendance. Well, I mean, do we agree with that or do we disagree with that? I mean, you think about that. So if a, if a woman comes forth right now, puts her Bible down on the lectern, and says, turn to passage such and such, and shares a couple of very appropriate thoughts about that passage, is she usurping authority over those in attendance? I'm going to show you something, and I know as soon as I show this, it's going to seem like I'm being argumentative, and so I almost consider not putting it in there, but I went ahead and decided to put it in there because you're either going to know my heart or you're not. Listen, I'm not being argumentative, and I'm not telling you that you have to agree with me. You don't necessarily have to agree with me, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Iron sharpens iron. So the other day, I got, I'm going to go back just for a minute. I got something sent to me, and here's what I got sent to me. And it says, there are lots of ways that women could use their gifts outside of corporate worship. And I didn't include the whole list. I just included part of the list. And this was sent to me. And here's what it says. It says that a woman could plan a ladies' day. A woman could teach children or other women. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not going to go through every single one of them, but I am going to tell you this. I've always been amazed by that. I've always been amazed by the fact that we would send our most precious commodity, and as long as they go downstairs... Now think about this. We will send our most precious commodity when they have not yet reached the age of accountability, and we will allow them to be taught by women, and we have absolutely no qualms with that. But we seem to have a qualm with a woman teaching or talking to adults who should have already reached the age of accountability and who should have a much higher level of discernment. That makes no sense to me. And I'll go on record as saying, that doesn't make any sense to me. They could visit a nursing home, they could volunteer at Bible camp, they could go door knocking, or they could go on a mission trip. You know what? This is true. Women could do all those things. And guess what? Men could do all those things as well. That's not restricted to men, and it's not restricted to women. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you something that strikes me about this list. I am struck by the fact that we would send our women out to go door knocking. We would send our women out to go door knocking in the year 2020 and act like that might not be a dangerous thing. 
So it's okay to go out and go door knocking in a dangerous or potentially dangerous situation, but it is not okay to come up and read out of the Bible in front of the people who love you and value you and who believe in you. Now that's got to be some skewed thinking. What about the mission trip? Well, the mission trip is a wonderful thing, but the mission trip is fraught with danger. Not only from a health perspective, but also possibly some of these areas. You go into some of these war-torn, ravaged areas, and they are not safe places to be. I showed you a picture at the beginning of this sermon where a young lady or young women could be allowed to foster their gifts in the safest place of all, in the most loving place of all, in the most warm place of all in the most spiritually uplifting place of all. And what you will do for them will be immeasurable. Because I didn't tell you this. I get this. This may make you, it make you kind of chuckle, because made me kind of chuckle, because I didn't realize what I was doing until I already did it. So here you go. I'm a science teacher, right? So I conducted a science experiment. So here's what I did. Now listen. 7.45 on Monday. Now, let me tell you what I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that 6.45 Evansville time. <laughs> so listen, this is a true story, honest to God, and I'm not making it up, I'm telling you flat out. So I send Sis a text at 6.45 Monday a.m., and here's what it says. Here's what it says. I'm just reading it to you. It says, okay, quiz time. I start, you finish, without looking. Philippians 4.13, I. I don't know the time. I can't see it. Oh, okay, two minutes later. Two minutes later, she sends back, can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I send her another text. Colossians 3.17, whatever. She sends back, you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I send back, did you look? She sends back, nope. I send back, that's my girl. <laughs> she sends back, I had just woken up. Am I proud ever? You bet your darn bottom dollar I'm proud ever. You know why? Because she has the Spirit of the Lord. She didn't accomplish those things on her own. She accomplished those things because God helped her. She's a very strong Christian young lady. She goes to church on her own without us, without, you know, she's, and I love Braxton, I love Braxton, I love Braxton to death, but Braxton isn't the one sending me encouraging verses. It's my daughter. We have a world of untapped potential. We're going to let women do all these things. But we're opposed to reading a passage. You can be a prophetic messenger of God 
that you can't share your thoughts in corporate worship? That doesn't sound like all one to me. I'm going to close with a picture. I, I got a couple of quick things after that, but I'm going to close. This is kind of the closing. So you might not appreciate my humor. I hope that you appreciate the humor because when I read it, I thought it was hilarious. But the man is standing in front of a firing squad, and here's what he says to them, okay? He says, level with me, Colonel. What kind of worst-case scenario are we talking about here? <laughs> All right, well, here goes. Now listen, because you want to quote Paul, let's quote Paul. So we got a worst-case scenario here, Brother Dave. What's the worst-case scenario? Well, the worst-case scenario is in 1 Corinthians 14, we will have women sharing hymns. We will have women sharing a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And by the way, the Apostle Paul wrote that, and he gave it a hearty two thumbs up. What else will we have? We will have Romans 12 and verse 11. We will have women that will not be lacking in zeal, but they will be keeping their spiritual fervor as they serve the Lord. By the way, I might want to point out to you that was written by the Apostle Paul, and he gave it two thumbs up. What else? Well, in Philippians 2 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, Don't look out to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. So perhaps we will create a scenario where women will no longer just be looking out, and I'm not saying they did before, but now not only are they looking out for themselves, but they're looking out for everyone by helping us all to strengthen our faith, our knowledge, and our level of discernment. Oh, by the way, written by the Apostle Paul, and he gave it two thumbs up. Women will be sharing their God-given gifts within intelligible worship, doing so in spirit and in truth under the approval of the eldership. And I'm excited. Now I'm going to leave you today with two warnings. Warning number one. Do not quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was also written by the Apostle Paul. Warning number two. Picture of a slamming door. And I should have put these in red because they are the words of Jesus. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. This is your opportunity. I am so 
very, 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 very thankful. I can't tell you how thankful I am that we taught our kids the Bible and that we gave them a foundation and that we worshiped with people who fostered that. Maybe one of these days you'll get one of these. Maybe I can do it. To my dad. If I can see it. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? So much of me is made from what I learned from you. I may have outgrown your lap, but I know I will never outgrow a place in your heart. It doesn't matter how. Or where I go in life, I will always be your little girl. Thank you for the love and support. I love you always and forever. We have the opportunity to create a generation of women. that will be God-fearing, articulate, intelligent, discerning, wise, faithful. And you get a chance to have a part in that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the women in our lives. I thank you for the young women in this place. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their knowledge. I thank you for their example. I thank you for their strength. I thank you for their honor. I thank you for their love. I thank you for their faith. Heavenly Father, we are all one. We are one body here. We are one single, solitary body. And we love each other. And we want one another to be successful. And we want to help each other foster our spiritual gifts. We want to walk in this world shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, not one in front of the other, standing side by side. Help us to do this, Lord. Help us to honor you. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.